I talked to one of your soldiers, <laughs> one of your employees, and he spoke um, absolutely glowingly. So my first question is, what kind of compromising pictures do you have on Navy Girl to make them speak so flattering about you? <laughs> and the fishes and, and just the, the sea. 
I just couldn't listen to what I wanted to do. Um, I think I'm, I'm naturally rebellious. It's like even though I knew that there was this, like, three, you know, three French fries hot, you know, Asian, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's on, you know, it's on the side, but I really just went with what I wanted to do. And so in choosing classes and in choosing majors, I actually thought, oh, I, wanted, I definitely want to study biology. And I also am really interested in political science. And so I thought I was going to be minoring in politics. So I did that, and I also learned that I was really drawn to third world politics, you know, like going to the Philippines. And I wanted to understand. I moved to the U.S. when I was 13, so there's a lot of the history there. But I wanted to understand that, you know, by the time I left the Philippines, just didn't understand. And there were things that happened in the Philippines when I was growing up, like coup d'etat and the NTA, the Stand for New People's Army. You know, things that I heard about at the dinner table, but I didn't quite understand, but it was part of my life. And so I took political studies to try to understand that. But after two years of it, I realized that I, I, I like results. I don't just like to talk about it. You know, I don't like to just pontificate and think, oh, well, it could be this or it could be that. I actually want to put something in action. And I think that's what drew me completely into the sciences and biochemistry because there was an outlet for me to do the experiments, to, to really understand the root cause of an issue, to understand cause and effect, and then to try out the theory. So it's interesting, even hearing you answer that, one of the things that immediately comes across when you talk to you for 30 seconds is you have like a genuine curiosity about things. And one of the things, oh, yeah. one of the things yeah. I love about your story is the fact that, you know, you're not afraid to try new things. When new opportunities popped up, you took advantage of them. So can you talk about how you go from this love of arts and sciences and the whales and fish to then going to work on Wall Street for an investment bank at the end of the
I, I took the temp job more seriously than going into finance. It just so happened that my first temp job happened to be at that time in Paragon. And, you know, this goes back to the curiosity that you mentioned. So on the first day of work, I learned how to use the phones. I learned how to take messages, you know, send faxes, yes, I'm dating myself, faxes that only existed at that time. There were no digital printers. I remember binding the books, you know, the, the confidential, confidential information that Miranda that was sent out. But even on the first day, you know, when there was moments where the phones were not ringing, I did not want to be idle. And so I picked up a trade magazine and started reading and started asking people questions like, what was even stopped? You know, I've never heard of it in college. And people did none of that. So I just thought that this was going to be a one-week post. They kept extending the temporary position. <laughs> and after a few weeks, they offered me a permanent position. You know, at that point, I was still in the medical track. I was thinking of, at that point, I was still applying for lab positions, research positions, thinking that that is something that I must do because I'm in that path, not necessarily because it's something that I want to do. And when they had called me in and asked me what I wanted to do, I think what was on my mind was, sure, I'll take on this permanent post because it's going to give me access to health care. I actually asked them that, but then do I get insurance right away when as soon as I sign this letter? Yeah. And they said, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. So I opened up the picture, and it seemed like a primal need of security that made me, you know, say yes to what I didn't think was going to be 11 years in investment banking. It's going to start out as a hierarchy of needs, and then you have this meteoric rise throughout the organization. You know, the, the podcast listener out there is going to go, Okay, so then she's on this 11-year journey in BNP Paribas. Is the other shit that's going to drop that she's now like the CEO of BNP? And yet, no, you're not even with BNP or working on Wall Street. You take this right turn to become a farmer, and you get hustled by a first grader, apparently. And so how do you go from a very successful career on Wall Street to BNP Paribas, you know, team director and, and all, the, all the stuff to right turn to becoming a farmer in the Philippines? I, I would say that's twofold. The first one is, you know, a, a love and fear of my mother. You know, my mother asked me if I wanted to uh, invest in a family farm because some of my cousins are selling out. The other reason is, you know, going back to my admission of being me being a nerd, I really don't like being idle, and I really, really like to learn something new every year. And at the break at that time, I was like, well, I learned so much. I learned how to sell. I learned how I learned credit. I learned how to analyze businesses and industries, figured out, like, I learned how to structure and, and control. I learned how to bring business in and to, you know, how to basically create rapport with clients. And I, I learned so much. But there were two things that... I wanted to learn that the bank did not have, like, a platform for me to learn. And that was I wanted to learn how to invest, and I wanted to learn how to operate. So, yes, at that time, I was responsible for a business. I was responsible for a team. I was responsible for a certain revenue line item. And I, I was busy. I was, wow. I remember that time thinking, oh, my God, I feel like I'm an analyst again. You know, I would go home at 3 a.m on a pretty regular basis during that year because the transactions were with a lot. So it wasn't that I wasn't getting engaged and it wasn't being involved in highly visible and like really heady and seductive transactions. It was just that I wasn't 
So if you can walk us through, you get this farm, you're still at BMP, this is probably at the time Quinlay's creative side hustle that obviously has a lot of meaning for you and your family, but then how did ARC come about through that?
you know, having had kind of speaks to you guys in a nutshell. So in our brief time remaining, I do want to kind of do some lightning round questions to you. Mm-hmm. What book or books have you found to be the most impactful on your leadership style and philosophy? They don't necessarily have to be leadership books. They can be any book books. I'm, I'm looking at my, my library right now. One of them is Stephen Chase, Big Adam Grant. One of the things that I've learned from, from his book is how, how do you look at it in, in leading, uh, in leading a team? It's, it's not about what I want. It's all about what they want. So every year, for everyone on my team, whether it's team in, in the field or team growth or the board, I always ask everyone in the team, what is it that they want to accomplish that year? What is it that they've been fearing for a long time and want to overcome? What's going to be fun and sexy for them that year? And so I collect all these, I gather those, and I use them as really as our guide for the year on how I'm going to help them grow and how I'm going to champion their things and how I'm going to fuel it. But it's also a guide, and it's also an influence on how I move and create a strategic plan for the organization. That was one book that, you know, influenced the way I I manage. I think I shared this with you before. I also do read a lot of military books because one of the things that I really like about leadership within the military is all about leading by example. And so... I never ask anyone in my team to do anything that I personally would not do. It's great advice. And it's simple. <laughs> it's simple. Exactly. It's simple. You know, I ask people to join me in doing something. I don't tell them. I don't ask them to do something I, would, I myself wouldn't do. I like the pandering answer to the military, so kudos for that. <laughs> Lots of questions. So what thought leaders out there do you recommend young leaders should be following on social media? Who are you looking up to for both inspiration, advice, and, and those sorts of things? For me? Uh, I, I kind of, I do that seems a lot. Um, I, I have a lot of uh, folks out there. But I, I think one of the people whose work and advice I really value is Brene Brown. Sure. Yeah, one of the things, the thing that I learned from her was about empathy. It's finding the strength to be vulnerable. Many leaders think that if you're a leader, you have to present this, this mask of strength and of confidence. And I think, going back to my point about being real, you can't fake that. You know, it cannot just be a demeanor. You have to have it from within. And you cannot find strength unless you embrace your vulnerability and find strength in it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Bernie Brown is tops. All right, last question here. And I hope you're okay with me making this announcement uh, on our podcast, but I believe that our institute just got better this week because we formally added you onto our Executive Director's Advisory Council as part of our Communication and the Arts team. And so I'm just personally curious, can you tell me what went into your decision-making calculus in order for you at So Busy to help join our team? A, very selfish. I want to learn. And I know that being part of this team, I'm going to learn from many different people. B, I know it's going to be fun. And we're going to create something that hasn't been created before. And I want to be part of that. Love it. Excellent answer. I don't think we, we can agree on that. We're super pumped to have you <laughs> on our team. And thank you so much for taking the time out today. Before we go, do you want to tell our podcast listeners where they can go find you, either on social media, and if you want to plug the, the website for ARC again? Sure. So you can learn more about 
Thank you so much for your time today and performing at Senior Around the Institute. Yeah, looking forward to it, and thank you so much for having me.